Welcome to Bedard's unofficial St. John's podcast. I'm your host, Pierre Bedard. I graduated from Manitoba in 1975, and joining me today are Richard D. Candle and Crazy James Wakel. We're three old boys spanning two schools over three decades. Hello, everybody. Uh, Richard D. Candle is my name. Um, I attended St. John's Cathedral Boys School in Selkirk, Manitoba, beginning in 1972 which was the first year of the full-time school. And there were only four teachers, the two founders, uh, uh, Frank Weens and Ted Byfield, Keith Bennett and Father Melward. And I left the school in 1968 uh, as a grade 12 student, having finished five years of the school, six years, I guess, of the school. And then I became a journalist. Um, and one of the projects along the way actually was uh, writing my memoir of my time at St. John's, and that has become the book that we will be talking about on and off called The Toughest School in North America. And I was also a journalist at a variety of weeklies and dailies, uh, including the Edmonton Sun, Kamloops, Sentinel, and uh, Hi, my name is James Weichel. I went to the Alberta School, St. John's School of Alberta, for three years, 1986 to 1989. I grew up in northern Alberta with a single-parent home. My mother raised me. And I still live in Northern Alberta. I have done all sorts of things since leaving the school. I've been in sales, I've been in politics, and I've had my own podcast and written a newspaper column. Thanks. Um, in my name, okay, so my name is Pierre Bedard. I curate Bedard's unofficial St. John's webpage. Uh, throughout the latter half of the 20th century and a little bit into this one, the three St. John's schools issued over 5,000 laundry numbers. This podcast is about the different facets of these schools. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, hampers, all sorts of hampers. Uh, from my perspective, I'll just start it off. Uh, when we talked about being hampered in the halls of St. John's in the my time in 73, uh, an old boy would grab you out of the hall, bring you into a closet or a classroom and hamper you. What were hampers like for you, Richard? Uh, I'm a bit puzzled by the term, to be honest, um, because what comes to mind, to be honest, are meat hampers, uh, which we used to sell. Um, well, it actually, they kind of came into being in my second to last year when we were building what would be the uh, the new classroom dining room wing for the school. And uh, there was a we've been selling chickens um, mainly by phone sales and then delivering uh, on a Wednesday night and then delivering them on a Saturday. Uh, but it got to be quite a, a complicated process and, and took up a lot of time. We had to do callbacks on another night and. Uh, the upshot was that they thought that we should be doing everything all at once, taking our product out onto the streets and uh, doing it on a Saturday, basically, everything all in one shot. And but it was also felt that we needed more than just chickens and the uh, kind of an 11th hour um, modification to the new school was made when we quickly installed what they called the meat room with a smoker. The smoker being the most uh, important feature there because we could now be making bacon, hams, and other smoke products. And uh, the upshot was that 
uh, in that first fall, uh, when the smoke room came into being, um, one of the first products off the assembly line was the one pound package of pork sausage, which was a, a dynamite seller, $1.50 a package. And we would uh, put that together with hams and uh, different cured products, bacons, and uh, that became the hamper. And in particularly that year became the Christmas hamper. And I could go into more detail on that, but uh, that's what hampers are for me. Well, you know, I mean, what about you, uh, James? I mean, we didn't have any of that. Uh, all we had at Alberta, as far as the stuff that we sold, was honey. We, yeah, we did honey. Um, we, we sold that. Uh, we didn't have care packages really that came from home you'd get some stuff but we weren't allowed to have extra food in our dorms hey that was really frowned upon uh we we did have a canteen for that i guess see this is where because i went in the 80s and you guys were in the 60s and 70s i am the beneficiary of all of your pain and suffering and for that i thank you gentlemen well i mean for me you know, the, uh, you brought out the smoke room, which uh, was very central to my life. I did my stint in the meat room uh, pricing and things like that. But we used to make pepperoni, which is very trailer park boys. I mean, you know, very, very excellent pepperoni. Uh, I, I still think about it. I mean, I still actually I still search out the same uh, sausage and pepperoni recipe. I found a couple butchers here in California that uh, use somewhat like binder that we had at St. John's for the pork sausage, which was amazing. I mean, food to us was central. I mean, care packages, I never got them. I know re reading the book, Richard, you, I mean, you made an art. You like wrote about food more than I thought about it. Um, yeah, it, it was a bit of an obsession for the first couple of years. Funny how it kind of wore off after a while in terms of, I guess you get older and, and you figure out other ways of, uh, filling that, that need, um, on site rather than replying or relying on your parents to deliver it. You, I mean, there was a, the classic uh, in, in that area was, um, I believe, uh, Peter Jackson, who, um, both of you know, and at least one other, or a couple of different guys would be meeting the um, baker who used to do a delivery run uh, two or three times a week along the, the the river road, and they would they set up a um, a clandestine little bakery shop that uh, we boys could uh, visit and help ourselves to jam busters and donuts and uh, some good stuff. Uh, jam our, busters. I haven't yeah. heard that. I have not heard that word in ages and I'm like tasting it. My diabetic <laughs> self is tasting the jam coming right through the hole. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> anyway, that was, uh, that was how we uh, uh, tended to satisfy the, the need for extra food and the other classic thing that used to happen at school when, when you were hungry and, and, and you, the school, there was lots of food to be honest, but you always were hungry. And one of the things that, I, I really enjoy. I don't think I ever did it. Was uh, taking uh, potatoes and a pot of oil out into the bush, heating up the oil and making French fries. 
And uh, lots of guys did that out in the bush. Uh, I guess not in the wintertime, but uh, fresh French fries right off the fire. I mean, what do you do? I, caloric intake, you know, finding food was like upset. I, it, to me, it was an obsession. I mean, how about you, James? Did you like say oh my at that age? God. You know, the first, I think, three or four weeks that I was at the school, I was always hungry. But of course, when I first went there, I was 14 years old, and I'm still in the process of growing. Like, I, I grew a tremendous amount physically, um, but I, I didn't gain any weight for years. Um, I wish I could get down to some of that weight now, but uh, I wasn't actually full at the school until... I think it was the first Sunday in October and, you know, we, we'd had lunch and everybody had kind of eaten and left. And because it was Sunday, it was more of a laid back day. And there was a table or a table and a half of us that had stayed behind and were just, you know, shooting the breeze and stuff like that. And then the kitchen crew all of a sudden freaked out because they found um, three extra pans of French fries that were supposed to have been served at lunch and hadn't been so now there's you know about a dozen of us and we ate these three pans and and that was the first time i was full um you know yeah. it was that was a good well, sunday <laughs> yeah uh you know i can we used to get fried bologna and cabbage for dinner um nice and the thing that would disgust me the most is some idiot would like make tea, but they'd like put the tea bags in, you know, before they boil the tea. So Ooh. the tea bags would explode. So you'd get this like disgusting mixture of loose tea and milk. They'd milk it, you know, because English apologies to, you know, whoever's listening, but who the hell puts milk in their goddamn tea? I mean, oh yeah, I know Richard, you do, but that's just my wife. That's does. not right. It's not right. It just ain't right. You don't do that. And uh, at least, you know, according to me. So, so back Pierre, to hampers. Oh, go ahead. Richard. Well, I, Pierre, I, I think you need to elaborate on your version of a hamper. Yeah, I was about, yes. Uh, I mean, when I heard Christmas hamper, uh, we weren't selling meat that way anymore. Uh, I think that that had been something that you had done in the 60s, right, that had been successful. In fact, you there was one case in the book where you guys couldn't sell out or you couldn't deliver. Like, you know, Ted Byfield took all the orders and didn't deliver. Gee, was that prescient? Anyway, I won't go there. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> hampers were physical you know you'd get hampered you know somebody turned it into a into a verb because what a, a better way to haze a new boy and you'd basically get held down and hampered you know i mean nobody ever marked you in the face right so you'd basically get charlie horses and you know you'd get held back and the usual bullshit yeah. you know nobody uh i i mean i don't condone it I don't think it's right, but it, you know, it did happen. Um, and I think it, and it wasn't like something that I think is, I mean, I don't think I was picked on per se. I just think it was the uh, hazards of being a new boy. 
Yeah, that's true. I I don't remember a, a lot of hazing in that kind of way of new boys, but there's no question that you got given the the dirty jobs and the, and you were made to realize that that was your place and that you were to suck it up and get through and uh, prove that you were one of us. And uh, if you weren't, you were certainly subjected to, I guess, bullying or, or certainly a lot of harassment. And uh, and it wasn't, I don't know that it was over the top, but I guess in the case of some boys. Yeah, it was totally over the top. <laughs> Yeah, I I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, to think otherwise is insanity. Um, and the reason I say that is like, you know, you you have the, uh, I mean, this was well before Thunderdome came out, but Thunderdome has got the great, you know, two men enter, one man leaves type thing. You know, they go into Thunderdome and fight it out. Well, St. John's is 130 kids enter. How many leave? How many are left? You know, like we, our numbers always started over, at least in my time, the numbers were always like at 110, 120 at the beginning of the year, knowing that it was going to go down to 95, no matter what. It's almost, it's pre, it was like predestined. Uh, but caloric intake for me was, uh, I used to go to Howard's Lunch Bar in downtown Selkirk. And this is before poutine was in place, but they had the best gravy and, and uh fries and i would literally load up on that that's that was i mean uh because my parents were overseas i got a more generous um uh allowance because i didn't have anybody around and uh i'd go into howard lunch bar howard's lunch bar eat that up all you can eat places down on portage there was a you know there were places where you could walk in and eat you know for five bucks eat all you want and just go there and load up. And of course, after meat selling, McDonald's. I mean, you know, I to this day, I still love McDonald's because I mean, compared to the shit they fed you, McDonald's was just, you know, amazing. Must have, McDonald's must have, must, Timmy's. Must have, McDonald's must have just replaced uh, Kavanaugh's because the, the, the place that we went to, the, the only kind of hamburger chain store and I don't, I don't remember McDonald's in Canada before the seventies, to be honest. But uh, anyway, I guess they switched over at that point. And I'm assuming, Pierre, you're you're saying that you got to have this uh, feed, big feed, uh, on maybe Sunday only. That's right. I'd get, I'd have enough for a pack of players, and uh, you know, a plate of fries with gravy. I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating. I had more than that, but still it was like those, it, I had to have my smokes for the week and, um, food. But it was only once a week that you had access to Howard's or I, I thought the, uh, that all you could eat smorgasbord. I think it was a dollar 49 when, when we were over here, but, uh, I could be wrong. Uh, anyway. What did you do for set? Like, okay, but at least see, we could go. Where the hell did you go when you went? We're in Alberta. What's the closest place? I mean, well, there really wasn't one. Uh, the yeah. Alberta school was literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, it was an hour's drive to uh, Spruce Grove, so it's it's not like you could just walk there. There was a few farms around and stuff, but you know they knew damn well the, where all these kids are coming from. We didn't, we didn't have that uh, easy access to stuff. What we did have 
right in the school was we had a canteen and you know that's where your chips and chocolate bars and ice cream and all that stuff was and you know once a week or so we'd get two bucks to spend in there and uh that that's how we got our our candy fix you know i guess you know that was the sort of stuff that you you could keep around in your locker if you could keep somebody from stealing it so i guess in a you know no i mean alberta that sucks you couldn't even steal you know sog's car and go into town <laughs> i don't no grand think, theft auto yeah that was a great chapter in the book by the way um i don't think anybody while i was there to my knowledge i don't think anybody stole any of the vehicles um plenty of guys <laughs> buggered off and hitched into the city um but you know fairly quickly they wanted to come back because all of a sudden they're cold hungry and tired and now what <laughs> well let's go let's go back to the hamper uh concept we did sort of wait uh, on hamper and and bring it into the holidays because we should really close it up it's going to be thanksgiving soon at least in my neck of the woods do, do you guys don't celebrate thanksgiving do you or no you we celebrated at the proper time in october you've so got you heathens down there so that means you guys can uh you know work at our call centers <laughs> during the holiday absolutely <laughs> But what a great time to put together your own Christmas hamper with a copy or multiple copies of Richard D. Kendall's book, Toughest School in North America, available exclusively on Amazon.ca in either Kindle format or paperback. Buy it today so you can get it in time for the holiday. I, so back I'll to hampers. That. You'll set, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, here, here's the thing about, about the book that, that you wrote, Richard, is because um, this you'd had this floating around for a long time, this manuscript. And when I was in Alberta, this was mentioned, this phrase, toughest school in North America. Wow. I heard this phrase, yeah. and it was talked about, uh, and uh, like how somebody was writing about it. Uh I, to be honest, the phrase pre, I, I started out until Pierre came along. My book was called Boys School Ballads. So, okay. um, it, 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 the, 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 but the title Toughest School in North America has appeared in a variety of publications, either as a, a reference point early on in the story or in the headline, um, dating back to the late sixties, I would say. And, Pierre mentioned his his father read about uh, an article in the whenever it was early seventies mid seventies early seventies and so it, the the title was was not exactly attached to my uh, well it wasn't attached to my memoir until till last year this year recently okay yeah. well regardless you went title. to St John's in the sixties and you wrote about your experience but I went there what 20 years later and i could relate to so much of what you did and what you wrote about it was it's a very yeah. relatable book so if you went to the school or if you sent your kids to the school uh yeah you know what this book is for you 
Yeah, get it in I, your stocking. I, 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 I thank you. I mean, and the thing is that it's kind of raw, unvarnished, and, and it's not putting an exactly a rosy spin on it. I mean, it. it I tried to make it as as real sounding and and therefore authentic and therefore believable. Um, I guess on the, on the other hand, if it had been a different student writing it, you might have seen way more of uh, their ill feelings, their their uh, resentments coming through to the surface. And I mean, those are all legitimate kinds of uh, experiences too, which I didn't come out in my book. I don't think as much as they might have, maybe even if you'd written it, James. Although I don't, it doesn't sound like you. Uh, have that many lingering resentments. Not towards the school in general, but I've always said that St. John's wasn't for everybody, not even for everybody that went there. There were kids that went to St. John's that had no business being there, and and they knew it, and I think ultimately their parents knew it because, you know, they often didn't finish the year. So, no, your your book is relevant. It's very well written. And you don't pull any punches. And as far as making it believable, so much of what we did was unbelievable anyways. So, like, I tell people about my experiences there, and they're like, what? Yeah. So, so in two seconds or less, you've got 10 seconds left. What? Uh, so why would you buy, tell, give me an ad on why to buy the book. If you went to or sent somebody to St. John's, this is going to, encapsulate their experiences in one book excellent well with that gentlemen um i hope i recorded all of this yeah. i think i did <laughs> always do it I again did. well you know what that's why we did this thing i know it's this is taking forever but this is why we've done this a few times because we want to yeah. make sure it works right there the mechanics of it are always toughest so yeah. 